Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. I grew up in Duluth, Minnesota and great place to grow up. I'm proud to have grown up there. And if you're not familiar, it is in northern Minnesota. It's right on Lake Superior where Lake Superior comes to the point right in between Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's a town of about 85,000 people, so not tiny, but obviously by no means is it a a big city, but great place to grow up, beautiful, a little cold in the winter time, so on and so forth. What's important about that is growing up Literally, I can count on one hand how many times I saw what you would consider to be a fancy car or an imported car. There was one Porsche I can recall seeing, and um, it was it was my family doctor had had this red Porsche. He would drive around. Always thought it was a super cool car, but just from a level setting standpoint, uh, it was always cars that. Uh, were, were had a little bit of rust on them because the Duluth it snows a ton and what they do is, is they put salt on the roads in the wintertime so that it helps to melt the ice. Otherwise, it would be a disaster area. So really hard on automobiles. So therefore, people just typically don't or didn't back then anyway, uh, didn't have fancy cars. Might be totally different today, but that's, that's sort of where I grew up or my mindset uh, with growing up, my perspective, I, I guess this is a term that I'm searching for. Uh, fast forward, four years in Indiana for college, Valparaiso, Indiana. Again, not a ton of really fancy cars driving around Valpo. Moved down to Scottsdale, Arizona in 2001. Totally different program. Totally different deal. Uh, beautiful cars everywhere. Really expensive cars. Um, really all, all the different cars that you can imagine was there for seven years, and um, during that time, I, I, I owned two different BMWs, so I guess we'll circle back, but I th- I'm going to let you know that I, I fell into that trap, if you consider that to be a trap, but anyway, I certainly bought into flashy lifestyle, nice cars. In 2008, 2009, I moved to Orange County, California, and all bets are off totally different deal. It is like a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a Bentley auto show on a daily basis. Everywhere you see um, these crazy, crazy beautiful cars, uh, it really kind of blows your mind. The affluence in that part of the world is got to be second to none. So pretty incredible. So going from Duluth to Scottsdale and then having my mind blown in Orange County, I was there for three years. Now back in Scottsdale. So anyway, Scottsdale is also the home to the Barrett-Jackson car auction, also Russo and Steel car auctions. And those, if you've not been, if you're not aware, amazing experiences. You get to see the coolest cars you could ever imagine. And uh, 
even better from my perspective is the people watching. So if you can take in one of those events sometime, it's a beautiful time of the year to be in Arizona as well. Come check it out. That's really not what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I, this sort of popped into my head a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting at a Starbucks and literally parked in the four parking spots right outside the Starbucks were four Range Rovers. Like just these gorgeous, gorgeous, brand new sparkly Range Rovers. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, who, how, like, what are the odds that you would just have four Range Rovers parked right next to each other? And the answer to the question is, you know, the odds are pretty good here in Scottsdale. Not a surprise to see just beautiful cars all over the place. And it made me do a little bit of research. And so my research... I figured out that uh, on average, and I could be wrong on this, but the average cost of a Range Rover is like $85,000. I'm sure that there's some that are wildly more than that and some that are less than that, but that's kind of the average is around $85,000. And then I was curious what the average home value in Duluth was. And today, it's around $170,000. So a Range Rover is just about half the cost of a house in the place that I grew up, which is, you know, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of a goofy thing. Um, so I'm not going to have a conversation with you today about um, about how much money you should be spending on a car. It's just kind of a perspective thing. And so I was trying to figure out how best to articulate what the motivation is for wanting to buy nice things. And the answer is simply, well, I want to buy nice things because I'm a person. And as a human being, I like nice things, right? I think probably everybody wants that. You want to have nice clothes. You want to have a nice car, a nice house. Perhaps you're a jewelry person. Perhaps you want to have nice shoes, whatever. I totally get it. It's a natural thing. And I wasn't necessarily having a good way to, uh, to sort of break down the psychology behind that until I had on uh, the podcast, I had Stephanie McCullough on, and her episode's not yet aired, but it was a great episode, and she talked about the work that had been done by a gentleman named Meyer Statman, and he talked about the three levels of value that we look for every time that we make an investment or have some kind of an expenditure. And it was pretty much exactly what I was looking for. So that's really what I wanted to get down to and talk with you about today. So the three benefits that we get from investments or purchases, the first is the utilitarian part of it. So what does this thing do for me? In, in terms of an automobile, does it get me from point A to point B? In terms of clothing, does it provide me the necessary coverings? Does it keep me warm enough? Uh, in terms of uh, a handbag or a purse, is this something that that holds everything that I want to put in there. Is it practical? Does it have utility? So number one is utilitarian. Number two is expressive. So what does this thing show to others? What does it demonstrate to the outside world? What am I interested in showing to the outside world? So if we're talking about, um, if we're talking about a Toyota Camry versus a Range Rover or a Ferrari, what is that showing to others? What is it showing the other humans that, that, that I'm doing? And then the third is emotional. How does it make me feel? How do I feel when I climb into my Toyota Camry? How do I feel when I climb into my Range Rover or my Ferrari? How do I feel when I walk out of the house with a plain nondescript handbag versus 
a, a Gucci handbag. Or let me take a step back. How does it feel when I put on my my Gucci fanny pack versus my average run-of-the-mill fanny pack? So those are the three levels. The utilitarian, what does it do? The expressive, what does it show the others? And then emotional, how does it make me feel? All right? And again, I guess I'm not making a judgment call on this. It's really, this is a self-exploration thing. Because why do I feel the way that I, that, the way that I feel? And again, the obvious answer is because I'm a human being and I do want to have nice things. Um, but like G.I. Joe says, knowing is half the battle. So understanding what's really going on in my brain when I'm making a purchase decision. And I think that a lot of this really makes sense in terms of purchasing an actual investment. What is it doing? It's a way for me to invest money. Um, what is it showing others? Well, if I'm investing in, if I'm investing in a a social responsible fund, well, it's showing others that 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 I care about the environment, or I care about important causes. And how does it make me feel? Well, perhaps it makes me feel like like I'm doing my part. I'm hopefully going to be making a return and making money on my investment. But then on top of that, I can also feel like I'm doing good. But in terms of um, more consumptive kind of behaviors, more um, more expenditures, like a car, again, going back to this whole car thing, how much of that does make sense? And at what cost? What is the immediate cost to me of purchasing an automobile, purchasing a Range Rover, and the lease, I have no idea what a lease on a Range Rover is. I'm sure it's a lot. It's at least $1,000 a month, probably $1,500 a month, if not more. So what is the cost on that versus a normal utilitarian automobile that's going to get me from point A to point B that could be $300, four, $500 a month? Um, and the cost is enormous. The cost is enormous, obviously, this year. But if you're doing a five-year lease, something like that, the five-year opportunity cost, that could be $500 a month, or even $1,000 a month that you're paying out instead of putting towards some kind of a savings program. Time value of money, pretty obvious. I don't need to explain that to you. I guess really what I wanted to accomplish today is really encourage everyone, and again, myself too, to recognize why it is that I feel a certain way when I see an object or a thing that I really want, what it would feel like to buy that, to to own it, to drive it, to wear it, to show my to show it off to people, how it would feel to to be able to do that and how that would make me feel. And I think if in fact the value of that is so great, um well then maybe you should do it. You know, I don't know what your financial situation is, but if you're able to sleep on it and to think about it and to frame it in terms of, you know, getting over that emotional high of, of owning and of showing off and recognizing how redirecting those resources to something else that could be a benefit to your financial future long term. 
I guess that's that's really what I'm trying to accomplish with this. So again, what's the utility of the thing you want? What's the expressive value of the thing that you want? And then what's the emotional value of the thing you want? So really weigh all of those things before you make a decision about, or rather, before you make a decision about buying something, about investing in something. Those are the three criteria. I thought it was, thought there was a ton of wisdom in that, and I, I found a ton of value, so I wanted to share it with you. So thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, do your part by doing your best. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!